interesting thing about the story is that here you have some very powerful people, actually a powerful person. It is brought down, you know, when Joseph was the viceroy in the land of Egypt, he was collecting all the gold and the silver from all the countries all around because they came to buy food. There was mm-hmm. a famine all over the land. Mm-hmm. It is said that there were three treasures that, uh, that he hid at that time. And one of them was found by this Korach. So that means that Korach was a very wealthy, very wealthy person. Mm-hmm. So he was a rich person. Not only was he wealthy, but they were also very religious people. Notwithstanding the fact that they fought against Moshe, but they were religious people in their lives. They were very careful with the mitzvot. They were holy. Mm-hmm. They said, They were holy people. And because he was a person of such great stature, he was wealthy and he was learned, he was powerful, he was influential. You know, it's like somebody imagining in a congregation, you know, you have somebody there who's a very strong person. So he took up the challenge against Moshe Rabbeinu. Mm-hmm. What really bothered him, as Rashi explains it from the Gemara, what really bothered him is the appointment of Elitzofen ben Uziel, who was his cousin, because he had calculated that uh, he, when Mo- Moshe Rabbeinu appointed him as the leader of the tribe of the, uh, of the family, uh, Elitzofen ben Uziel, he figured that that was a disrespect, that was an affront to him. And he challenged, he says, I'm going to challenge Moshe, and I'm going to challenge Aaron, I'm going to challenge everything. Wh- whose cousin was he? Moshe's he was both, he was Moshe's and Korach. Korach, Korach and Moshe were cousins also. Why? There were four brothers uh, who were sons of Kahos. Kahos, who was the son of Levi, had four brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Amram, Yitzhar, Hebron, and Uziel. Amram was the oldest of Kahos' sons. Now, Amram's children were Moshe and Aaron. And uh, Yitzhar, who was the second son of Kahos, was the father of Korach. I see, that was first And uh, the fourth son was Uziel. And he had a son named Elitzafan. So Elitzafan so was made the leader of the Kahatite family. So he overpassed Yitzhar, the second son. So Korach was very upset with that. And he decided he's going to challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, they came up with various different reasoning and rationale, but from what it says in the verse over here, in the simple text, they said, look, we are all holy, we don't need no elitists, we don't need anybody in charge, you know, we are all close to God, and we don't need you to, uh, you know, be uh, atop of that. Now, in Rashi articulates it, he says, there's one thing for Moshe Rabbeinu to become the king, and be the leader of the king, but why should uh, Aaron, his brother, be the high priest? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, it's nepotism, you know. Really what they were saying, the challenge is here, they were basically saying that Moshe Rabbeinu is not doing this by the instruction of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, picking him for himself all mm-hmm. these kinds of leadership mm-hmm. roles. That was the key to their mm-hmm. argument. But, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu sets them up for the challenge and he says, you know what? Okay, let's see. And he tells them all to take their uh, pans and put some incense in there and to see who gods will choose. And then they all burnt in the fire and 
Of course, Aaron is the one that remained, and that was a clear sign from Hashem, from God, that uh, they're the ones that are uh, deserving to be. So it's Hashem's work, and it's not Moshe Rabbeinu. Mm-hmm. Now, in this verse, as you just read, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, why are you complaining against Aaron? Aaron didn't do anything. It's God who's told me. If anything, you know, you should complain to God, not to, uh, not to, uh, not to Aaron. Now, this sounds like pretty, uh, you know, pretty uh, standard common today would be people that are powerful uh, challenge the leadership or they don't want leadership. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that today's leadership is necessarily uh, instructed by Hashem. You know? right. well, maybe they deserve the challenge, but right. in this case, the challenge the Moshe Rabbeinu, the challenge the Word of God. Um, there's a lot of various different interpretations. I just want to share with you a, a thought, a story of the Gemara. The Gemara says, you see, in the, right in the very beginning, when it tells you who was there, it says, Dosun ve'aviram b'nei Eliyov. Then in the first verse, the last one was a fellow named Oin ben Pelas, b'nei Ruvain, right? Mm-hmm. So we mentioned here that Oin ben Pelas was the son of Ruvain, that he was the one that, um, that was also part of the rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, when later on, when the verse talks about those who were swallowed by the ground, it doesn't mention uh, Om Ben Pelos over there. It just says that it was Dosan Baviram um, who uh, descended uh, uh, by, by Korach, and and uh, and, and, um, and then in the verse, in the verses Chavav uh, Chavzayin twenty six twenty seven, it says Baviram. You know, so but we don't find Om Ben Pelos over there. So uh, the Talmud brings a verse that says the wisdom of women uh, builds their home and the wickedness of the women destroys their home. And it says the wisdom of women builds their home. That is a reference and a, a demonstration for that would be by the wife of On Ben Pelas, this On Ben Pelas guy that we mentioned over here. His wife saved his life and protected him. Whereas on the other hand, you had the wife of Korach. She was the uh, evil woman. She caused him distress. And the Torah, the, tell, the, the, the Talmud relates the story that uh, the wife of On ben Pelas came to him. He says to him, look, why are you getting involved in this uh, fight between Moshe and Korach? He says, you have nothing to gain either way, she says. If Moshe is the leader, you are a, you remain a Shemendrik, and if Korach is the leader, you are still the same Shemendrik. So why do you get involved? But he said, "Well, what could I do? I already promised. I gave my my shvua, my oath, that I'm going to join the, the forces of Korach. How could I go back?" She says, "I'll protect you." She gave him to drink wine, and he got drunk and he fell asleep. And she sat down in front of her tent. She uncovered her hair. Those people were very religious. Mm-hmm. A woman sitting with uncovered hair, mm-hmm. they wouldn't come close. Mm-hmm. So they left him alone. In the meantime, he was drunk and he fell asleep. They didn't hear the whole thing. By the time he woke up, they were already swallowed in the ground. Mm-hmm. So that's why she protected him. On the other hand, you have the story of the wife of Korach. She instigated this whole trouble because she's, she was sort of harassing her husband. She mm-hmm. said, look at... Moshe, look what they're doing to you, because, you know, they cut their hair before, when the Levim, we read the Parsha, in order for them to become Levim, they have to shave all the hair of their body and everything else. She says, look what he's doing to you, he's embarrassing you, he's making you look, you know, uh, no good, and, and, and she was instigating and saying, look how uh, he, um, uh, you know, he, uh, 
uh, takes himself all the leaderships and he doesn't leave anything, you know, so she sort of caused the whole thing. It's interesting that it says in, uh, in the Ethics of Our Fathers, we read, it says like a stray statement which is a little bit difficult to grasp at first hand. It says, it says don't speak too much with women, it says. It says, I don't speak, you remember that statement? No. But then it says, with your own wife you shouldn't speak too much. It says, how much more so speaking to another person's wife? So it funny. says, why? So it says that a lot of times, you know, that a lot of times, you know, when you uh, come home, a lot of times after a hard day, then your wife gives you a little bit of, uh, of says, oh, how would you, how could you allow this person to do this to you mm-hmm. and do that to you? So sometimes you get riled up, you know, uh, because of that. Another interpretation is, you know, you come home, you're looking for some sympathy, <laughs> and you say, oh, you know, this one said this to me, and this one said this to me, and you know, instead of getting sympathy, you know, you actually get, you know, you're, you deserve, <laughs> so I'll tell you, you deserve everything you got, you know.